For those of you that came in 10 to 15 minutes late, I'm Brett Vriesman. I'm the director of youth ministry here, and uh, I'm excited to be up here this morning to uh, be able to share with you on graduation Sunday. Uh, it's a special Sunday for me because it's kind of my last hoorah with these students, be able to speak some, some wisdom into their lives. And uh, this group especially has been fun to, to, to be able to be a part of their lives. Uh, I remember just like yesterday going to winter camp with these guys in eighth grade and trying to impress them by doing a belly flop off the high dive and uh, it hurt really bad. And, <laughs> and to see where they are now, I mean, most of them are more mature than I am today. So it's, it's impressive to see how they've turned into these young adults they are today. But um, it's an incredibly special group because this is the first group I've got to see all the way through high school. So that means a lot to me, and hopefully for the students I've been able to create some relationships with, it hopefully it means a lot to be able to spend that time with me as well. Um, what I would love to do is pray for them. I know God's got some exciting things in store for them, but I just want to send them on their way the right way. So join me in prayer, please. Lord, I thank you so much for all you've done for these students, for everything they've achieved. You've stood beside them, guiding them throughout all these years. Lord, I pray that you continue to be with them as they head into this new chapter of life. Life as they know it is about to look a lot different, maybe even overwhelming at times. But please never let these young adults be distracted by what has gotten them through everything they've, they've accomplished, and that's you. Let these students continue to feel your presence and have your strength with them as they head off to discover who they are and what they want to do with their lives. I ask you for guidance and discernment as they face complicated decisions and grow into the Christ followers you desire them to be. We love you so much, God, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So here at uh, TFRC, we have a tradition of uh, standing up and facing the center of the room for the reading of God's word. We do this as a constant reminder uh, that God's word is to be central in our lives. And if today our scripture reader we have is Sage Eckert, and she's one of our graduating seniors. So would you all stand with me and face the center of the room while Sage reads from us a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19 through 25. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet, if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. Thank you, Sage, for, for reading. Now, graduation can be a scary and exciting time of life. It's a time where we have fun reflecting on all the great memories we had and all the accomplishments we've, we've achieved. But it's also a time where we may have to put on our big boy or girl pants and get ready to face the real world. Um, it presents us with so many paths we can take, uh, so many different avenues we can take our lives. It can feel overwhelming 
we begin to ask the questions, am I picking the right track? Is this the one that God has called me to take? And as, as we pick the path we're going to go on, we might begin to ask, how are we going to stay on the right track? It can seem hard to find the right direction God's called us to walk, but sometimes it can be even harder to stay on that path once we're walking it. There are so many distractions that can get us off course, or routes that might look a little more desirable than the one God has us on. Speaking of of trails to follow, a few years ago, I had the privilege of uh, being invited to go on a mountain climbing experience with some friends of mine. Uh, They were on a quest to uh, climb all of the mountains in Idaho over 12,000 feet. I believe there's nine of them. And ironically, the one they asked me to climb was called Mount Church. Um, Now, I'm not what you call an outdoorsman. I'll even outdoorsman. Um, In fact, I've never tried to climb a mountain before that time. And uh, I'm pretty sure I had to borrow all of my equipment. I I had to get some hiking sticks. And uh, of course, I brought plenty of snacks. That was the number one thing on my priority. Had to make sure I was well hydrated and... uh, you know, had plenty of protein, but uh, we had a ton of fun, and we were about uh, up until about halfway up the mountain. You see, the first half of the mountain, we had a great trail to follow. We had great conversation, lots of snacks, and uh, but once we hit about the halfway point, the trail began to get a little less clear. And I assume these guys knew what they were doing too, and this was kind of new, 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 new terrain for them, and so. First thing, we ended up getting off the track. We started improvising and trying to find a way up this mountain. We knew no idea how to get up. And then I made the even worse mistake of separating from the two of them. I saw them going up a way that looked a little too hard for me. I got a little bit scared because I'm kind of a, this might sound, I'm, I'm scared of heights, but I don't know why I was climbing a mountain, but I'm scared of heights. And so theirs was a little more steep. So I was going to try to go up the long way but I misjudged my, my path. And next thing I knew, I was barely with an earshot of them. I couldn't see them. And I'm scaling like a piece of a mountain. And I'm thinking to myself, Laura's going to kill me if this is how I die. Because we had a, our, our oldest son, Benjamin, on the way. Um, and I was terrified. I was like, I can't go this way. I can't go this way. Um, needless to say, I ended up not finishing the mountain climb. I, once I got past the scary part, I uh, slid down about 100 feet of slate on my rear. Uh, I felt very emasculated after the whole experience. But uh, <laughs> I'd never really got um, another invite to climb a mountain. I don't know why. And quite frankly, I'm okay with that. But um, it's funny how oftentimes we set off on a great adventure with all the, the right intentions We think we have our way paved, but then somehow we're off track. If only we could remember how to stay on it. This year, our high school and middle school youth youth groups did our small groups um, on on the book of 1 Samuel. And I love the book of 1 Samuel, especially after going through it and studying it the whole year, because it's a great example of how to stay on the right track because King Saul continually gets off of it and King David, in contrast, finds a way to stay on it. Um, We were able to go through uh, week by week and study and and read that scripture. And uh, one of my my favorite 
uh, chapters of it is chapter 12, and it's Samuel's farewell speech. And that's where, we're gonna, that's where we read from today. See, Samuel was a prophet and judge of Israel. He tried encouraging his people to let God be their official true king, but the people spoke, and they weren't having it. And they elected that they saw everyone else on, on earth had, had this earthly king, and so they chose that they wanted to have an earthly king too. So God, being the gracious God he is, gave them what they wanted. And where we pick up in this passage is Samuel just recorded an amazing, amazing feat. He, he made a thunder and rainstorm in the middle of the dry season. He, he prayed to the Lord and the Lord provided that. And what happens in verse 19, it says, the people all said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all of our other sins the evil of asking for a king. They've realized what they did was wrong. But it's kind of too late to turn back from that. So what Samuel goes on to do here is he, because he displayed God's power, he has the ability to speak truth into their lives. And he's going to tell them, hey, it's okay, but let me give you some direction. With Samuel saying goodbye and Saul taking the reins as king, um, <clears throat> They were entering a new frontier. They weren't going to have Samuel around anymore to be their moral and spiritual compass to lead them. Now many of us, especially graduates, may be at a similar place in our own lives where we're entering a new frontier. Maybe it's retirement, maybe it's graduation, maybe it's a new career. In his farewell, Samuel challenges and encourages the people of God to how to stay on the right track while they follow this earthly king they've decided to follow. Graduates, in some ways, you have the same challenge ahead of you. You're about to pursue your dreams and passions, but it's important along the way that we don't forget to include what should be our main priority, and that's keeping our faith in Jesus Christ throughout the whole journey. It's important that as we pursue our goals, as we pursue our dreams and passions, that we stay on the right track in letting God lead our way. The passage highlights four practices that we can do to stay on the right track in our faith. The first is this. It's not giving up or getting discouraged when things go wrong. In verse 20, it says, Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord. So often, our natural response when we mess up is to go to a place of discouragement, a place where we fear fear, where we feel fear and shame, and that causes us to distance ourselves from God. Because we messed up, we begin to think that we're not worthy of continuing on the path he has us on. I routinely see this in youth ministry. We'll have a great summer camp experience or maybe a great worship experience at Creation Music Festival. And uh, some kids will come up, come back on fire for Jesus. But they have one slip up or they make a mistake. And that causes them to slowly drift away. But the passage says, yet do not turn away from the Lord. When we mess up, we begin, when, uh, when we mess up, we begin to get a little off track. God doesn't want us to find our own way back. God wants us to turn to him for guidance when we mess up. When we begin to drift off track, we can turn to God in a couple of practical different ways. One is by going to him and praying. Prayer is a great way to keep an open communication line with God. We can ask for forgiveness. We can confess our sins. 
We can ask for help, for wisdom, knowledge. We can also be getting into God's word. We believe that God, that the Bible is God's inspired words. So why not go straight to the source and see how we can get through these difficult situations? Now, a common misconception with staying on the right track is that the right track has to be the perfect track. Now, we're all human and we're all going to mess up. God doesn't need us to be perfect. He just wants us to come to him when we mess up. We will inevitably get something wrong along the way, but God wants us to go to him when we do those. When we go to him and when we mess up, he's going to find a way for us to get back on our path. The second practice we can do is avoid making our passions our idols. As we pursue and embrace our hobbies, our families, our academics, our careers, uh, we're going to be very passionate about those things. Make sure that we're keeping our passions in check. It says in verse 21, Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. Passions can easily turn into our priority. And when our passions become our priorities, they turn into idols. And it can be easy to get distracted by our idols in our lives on, our, on the path that God's sending us down. Our passions are a great gift, but we need to make sure that uh, they're not leading us away from the path God's leading us down. It's amazing how quickly we can get off track when we do that. I really struggle with this because for me, I'm a pretty obsessive person. Some, everyone's I get on the spectrum of OCD now, I guess, but you know, but I, I really get obsessive about things. And when I love something, I go all in, whether it's basketball, whether it's my, my little boys, whether it's my family, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's comic book movies or comic book movies or, or comic book movies, um, I, I go all in. But I think it's important to keep myself in check because when I look throughout my week, sometimes I'll notice I've spent more time doing those things or one of those things than prioritizing my faith in Jesus. A good test to see if our passions have become our idols is to take a look at our daily and weekly schedules and routines and compare how intentional we're being at pursuing our faith versus pursuing our passions. How many hours are you on your phone, on your computer, playing a sport, coaching your kids' sport, versus how many times are you making your faith a part of your everyday life by praying, getting in the Bible, and being a part of your church community? If we take a good look in the mirror, it's probably safe to say we all struggle with this on some level or another. We all struggle with making our passions our idols. If that's the case, maybe we, we need to take a deeper look and see if we're really living the path that God's put us on or if we're doing our own thing. This next uh, verse, verse 23, takes a break from telling us how to stay on the right track and gives us all an important reminder. We're not on this path alone. In verse 23, it says, As for me, far be it, that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you some of the ways that is good and right. See, Samuel here is letting his people know, I'm going to be gone, but I'm still praying for you. 
I'm here for you. And any way I can, I'm going to teach and mentor you from a distance. But know that I'm here and you are not alone. And that's an important reminder for us because oftentimes we can feel like we're doing this all by ourselves. But the fact is we have people praying for you. And for you graduates, I want to promise you this. I will be praying for you. On the flip side, I think it's also a great challenge and reminder that uh, we are to be the same in other people's lives. We are to be praying for those heading down a new track. We are to be uh, trying to mentor and guide other believers who aren't where we're at right now. The third practice uh, to staying on the right track is to fear and serve the Lord with all of our heart. Verse 24 says, But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he's done for you. Fearing God and being in, is being in awe or amazed by him. It's having a healthy level of respect for the power that he has and the greatness that he has. Some of the ways we can express this is through our obedience in our everyday life. It's through our worship. It's also through our, our giving. Serving the Lord with all of our heart can have a couple of different meanings. One way that we can do that is by serving God and giving it our all. I think it's so vital that we pick a place to serve. Whether it's in the church or it's in the community, find a place that you are passionate about serving in. Because when we start to live our lives by serving passionately, we are going to make a greater impact in the world. And the, and the more passion we serve with, the more in line we're going to be uh, getting with God and his path for us. Whatever, we may choose to, whatever way we may choose to serve him, it's important that we give it our all. Another way that we can serve God with all of our heart is by serving him with all of our will, all of our desires, all of our passions, all of our perceptions and affections. In short, we can serve him in all we do and all we feel and all who we are. When we try to serve God through our words and through our actions and intentions, we have the ability to serve God in all we do. We can be serving him while we go to class, while we're on the bus, while we're at work, while we're in line at McDonald's. We can serve, when we, when we do it with all of our will, we can serve him wherever we are. The fourth practice is it's important to look back and remember what God has done. The, the bottom half of verse 24 says, and consider what great things he has done for you. God has done great things in all of our lives. Sometimes we have a hard time seeing it. Last Sunday, coincidentally and awesomely, uh, we talked about the importance of remembering. Graduation is a great time to not only reflect on the accomplishments that you've done, but the different ways God has been working in your life. How has God shown up? How has God transformed and changed you? We live in such a what have you done for me lately culture that if we don't take time to reflect and remember what God's done in our lives, we could easily forget how powerful he is, how great he is. When we, chart, when we, when we begin to remember it helps us build a stronger relationship with Jesus and build a stronger trust in God because we remember all the stuff he's done in our lives. And it's going to take a lot of trust to trust where he's going to take us. 
the greater we begin to trust God, the easier it's going to be to stay on the right track. When I look at my own life and how God has impacted me, I can't help but see his presence. I remember when I was a little boy, my dad prayed with me a prayer to accept Christ as my savior. I remember going to youth group and to Wednesday night programming with my family and my friends. I remember those mission trips that shaped my faith in high school. I remember a church giving me an opportunity to do ministry when I had no professional experience. When I look back and I see what God's done in my life, I can't help but have faith and trust in him for the future. I would argue that if you did the same thing, if you take a look back and see what God's done, you will have unwavering trust for the future. You may not cry as much as me, but you'll have unwavering trust in the future. Graduates and congregation, many of us are entering a new frontier of life in some way. One where there's going to be multiple trails for us to go down. It's my hope and prayer that we'll choose the direction God is leading. And that once we pick that direction, we find a way to stay on the right track. And maybe some of you are thinking, I've been off track for a long time. There's no turning back. I want you to know that God is still with you. And he's just waiting for you to turn to him and he'll get you back on course. Pray with me, please. Lord, I thank you so much for... uh, your word and for the lessons it can teach us. I pray that you'll be with the graduates and and the congregation. Lord, if they're entering a new frontier where it's a little bit scary or, or the unknown, that you will give them strength to stay the course and stay on the right track. Uh, please be with, with everyone here. Help them to continue to, to pursue you and live their lives for you. We appreciate all that you've given us and we, we remember all that you've done for us, Lord. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me leave you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And remember, stay on the right track. Amen. Amen. Amen.